This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, getting you ready for today's sports day. You know, three of the first four games have been at home, so you know, at some point in time you're going to have to venture out outside the 806, so that'll be... That'll start this week. While having a little fun along the way. Always good if you can blame it on somebody else, right? Yeah, sure. Especially some media guy. Sure. Right, some media guy. Catch the show live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double T 97.3.com for that of the mobile app. Benchmark hotline is open too at 806-771-0973. Just a little tidbit for you. Uh, from the uh, ball game on Saturday. Texas Tech, in their history, has won 2,646 games. 14 of them have been won by 50 points or more, including Saturday's game. Yeah, just, I mean, it's the, um, this is the cherry on top of the non-conference <laughs> schedule. <laughs> That the Red Raiders have have decided to put together. Cherry on top of the um just unexciting matchups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well it could This is this one takes the cake, it, so to it speak, takes, right? It takes this you sound a little just a just a skosh bitter about it. No, no, no. I'm not I'm not oh, bitter. Okay. Oh, oh. I mean there's nothing to Nothing to hang a banner for so Yeah, far. I'm just not going to get real excited about yeah. a 52-point win against a 1-10 team. No, I know. I know. I'm, not, <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not... I'm not going to act like we, I'm not everything's... You to. I'm not going to act like we, everything's good now over there at men's basketball. Oh, no. I mean, you've okay. played pretty poorly against some pretty poor teams. Yeah. Yeah. You're... Uh, and then there's the off-the-court stuff. Your next uh, debacle will be uh, Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> that doesn't have to be a debacle. <laughs> against Houston Christian. Okay? The Huskies. <laughs> And then you take on uh, South Carolina State on uh, the Tuesday after Christmas. Maybe this was the thing that put got everybody back together and Humpty Dumpty we'll see a better team the rest of the way. Well, I mean, you, I mean, you got had some guys that had some you know quality minutes. I mean, Elijah Fisher got in the ball game. He, well, I mean, he scored he scored eight points. If you'd have made the trip, you'd have got quality minutes, Chuck. <laughs> you think? I do. I, do. <laughs> I think I probably could have. I think yeah. I probably could have contributed to the cost. I mean, it was. A, I mean, there's look. There's there's nothing really to to break down here other than uh, you, exactly. You, you beat a, you beat a team you should have beaten. Okay. Yeah, he took care of the JV squad. You took you, you took care of business and and you won in front of. Uh, I think they'd have been better off with Dion playing for him, or maybe Dion's daughter. Yeah, you, you know, and I don't know if she's leaving at semester. I don't know that she's good enough to transfer to Colorado. Maybe maybe academically she is. But like the one game that she's played and like the one point that she had scored prior to him was like here in Lubbock. It was here. It, it was the, like here. It was here. Okay. <laughs> it was here in Lubbock. Okay. That was her one. That was her one. <clears throat> one appearance to date was was here in uh here in Lubbock. I sound like your uh, you my teenage daughters. Your yes. teenage daughters. So, what, did she score it in like post? Is that like Lubbock, or is that no? It's, it's over there. Shallow the, water. It's over there at the arena. See, it was here. <laughs> so it wasn't like morning. here. <laughs> it's just funny when you pull out your teenager. Well, you your know, inner teenager. I, uh, you know, I feel like that. That's that. I'll take that as a compliment. There you go. That you know, I'm young still, at heart. I still got a little. I still got a little inner teenager in me. That's good. Young yeah. at heart. Yeah. Right. 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 So. So anyway, so that's so that's that. What uh, what did you make of the Cowboys' mess? 
Ah, man, you, you know, you're yes. up. I, that great word, mess. Yeah, That's yeah. what I took of it. That's fair. You had a 17 point lead in mm-hmm. the third quarter and looking like you're, man, you got this thing. You know, you're good. And you just kind of let it slip away in the in the fourth. And then a, a fluky play in sure. overtime. But, fluky man, you just, I mean, you can't give up 34 in regulation to the Jags, mm-hmm. you know? Right. I mean, you just don't put yourself in that situation. If you consider yourself a real contender, man, you're not giving up 40 to the Jags. Right. Right. It is true that in any given Sunday, any team in the NFL can beat another team. The Houston Mm -hmm. Texans have a win, and they're terrible. Dallas had no excuse losing this game. None. They had been playing on this razor's edge of, hey, we're the Dallas Cowboys. We can come back on anybody for like three weeks now. And I don't want to say lollygagging, but they've not played their best football the entire game. They've just kind of been, oh, well, I guess we should turn it on now. And they got this big lead and then went, okay, well, we're good now because Jacksonville's going to roll over. And Jacksonville went, hey, we're NFL contracts too. We can play football too. And came back and bit him in the butt. Cowboys led 27-10 to 10 with uh, 5.21 to go in the third quarter. And then uh, lose the game 40-34 to 34 in overtime. Maybe the uh, most controversial of, the, of all the plays that were called. There's a buck 20 left in the ball game. Cowboys third and 10 from their own 38. And they, they chose to attempt a deep pass down the left side to uh, Noah Brown. He had There was single coverage on him. Um, but it was a low percentage pass and it goes incomplete. And so as a result of that, Jacksonville does not have to use their final timeout before the Cowboys would punt it away. Um, and then they use that, that timeout to help them um, stop the clock to be able to uh, move, down the field. move down the field. Right. And their, their, their kicker hit a 48-yard field goal as regulation expired. Yeah, I don't hate the decision to pass there. Obviously, like you said, it's low percentage. Um, You know, they're expecting the run there. And so you feel like if you're not, if you're going to run there, they're going to be heavy in the box and you're not going to have much chance to pick up the first down. So Mm -hmm. you're putting the ball away either way, Mm -hmm. right? And so um, it's just, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, 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 it's a situation there of boy if you if you connect on that you know high reward right mm-hmm. high reward uh you if win you the ball run game. if Game's you over. right if you run the ball you know you're putting it to them you're not getting the first down mm-hmm. right it's it's third and 10 sure so i mean that's a tough one i, I don't i i think i would i'm okay with a pass but i'd rather a higher percentage pass mm-hmm. right yeah, let's let's go for a twelve yard out instead of a, a deep ball. It just doesn't seem like they, that's a play that they use a whole lot, though. Um, he, uh, Mike McCarthy told uh, the reporters after the game that uh, he made that call because he was trying to win the game. <coughs> well, I would hope that every call that he makes, he's trying to win the game. But I I get it. I understand. Just he does have he does have a kind of a higher risk kind of um, mo about him, mm-hmm. and sometimes it works and. And sometimes uh, it doesn't. So uh, it puts him uh, dead when you're when you lead by 17 points with 5:21 to go in the ball in the third quarter, and you and you cough it up. Yeah, I, I, I this this team continues to confuse but, me. Okay, just I, I'm just you know, and, and watching. I watched a little bit of the watched a little bit of the Sunday night game last night, uh, and the commercial breaks of. Uh, 
Sound of Music. Yeah. Watched Sound of Music last night. It was exciting. Okay. I didn't even know it was on. I'm glad I didn't know it was on because yeah. that probably would have that probably would have been on. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll actually take that over Sunday night football most nights. So anyway, watching that and listening to our two broadcasters who I think are really good, um, talk about how great the division is, how everybody's much improved and so much better and I, I don't want to say that they're wrong, but I, I'm just not sure. Is that, I mean, we talked about it last week, the schedule that these these NFC East teams have this year. And um, I don't know if it's everybody's beating up on everybody, you know, a.k.a. Giants, Cowboys, Commanders, or... Eagles. And, well, no, the Eagles aren't beating up. Nobody's beating up on the Eagles. <laughs> no, no, they're 13-1. Okay. Yeah, yeah, nobody's beating up on them, so that's, that's why fair. I didn't put them in that category. I got you. Okay. Or is the division just pretty okay? Are there four okay teams and no bad teams there? I just don't know how good the division is. I, I'm not I'm not sold. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just not. Last night they are like, oh, this division is turned to one of the best in the NFL. No, it's turned to one of the closest. Mm-hmm. But are they really good teams? I don't know. I mean, because those schedules are, are pretty weak. Very balanced division minus the Eagles. And I don't know how good the Eagles are. Yeah. I think the Eagles are pretty good. Well, you, you kind of look at the game last night. You know, Washington had chance, but they, they blew it. They had uh, a big penalty that cost them right at the end. So, You're listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3, recapping the night that was in the world of sports. A little bit later on tonight, uh, we'll have uh, the Astros and the Diamondbacks. That'll be at 8. And then the Rangers playing at Seattle uh, tonight. And also bringing some humor to your day. Was it pretty big? Yeah, I mean, it's impressive. It's, yeah, was it fascinating? It was. I thought it was fascinating. It <laughs> kind of smelled, but I mean, <laughs> hear the show live weekday mornings at six on Double T ninety seven three or on the Double T ninety seven three mobile app. Uh, lots of uh, probably still some office parties or get-togethers or things like that. We had ours last week, in which we had a uh, white elephant um, gift exchange, and I think presumably everybody walked out of there reasonably happy. Uh, and there was no true zingers. Even the zinger that uh, David Thetford brought, the uh, the uh, potty golf uh, deal where you're sitting on the throne, but you can still play golf while you're sitting there. Uh, he, he apparently had stuffed a bunch of coupons in there for, you know, different uh, businesses around <laughs> oh, town. So, so he made I it. think you're confusing two gifts. No, no, no. Thetford brought two gifts? No, no, no. Inside, inside that gift... Inside his hat had all the coupons. The potty putter was a different one. That was Thetford. That's the one that Thetford brought. Rick Gilbert won that and in, eventually won that. And inside that, David told him later there was a bunch of coupons in there. So they both put coupons yes. in their stuff. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Why am I not shocked? <laughs> well, anyway, it was at least nice of him to do that if you're going to give a zinger for a gift. Anyway, my point to all this was going to be a Kentucky woman went to her office party. They had a white elephant gift exchange. She worked at a local dentist's office. Lori Jans is, Janes is her name. Um, apparently, uh, during the game, one of her colleagues stole her $25 TJ Maxx gift card, oh, man. prompting her to take 
$25 worth of scratch-off tickets from another coworker. Mm, I think we know where this is heading. You know, once it got to me, it was done and mine to keep. So that's when everyone was telling me to scratch them off. How much, Jeff? Oh, Jeff left. No. Um, I'm going to guess um, (laughs) $2,000. No. No. Uh, She uh, scratched off a $50 deal, and then she scratched them all off, and then she realized that she had won all 15 spots on the ticket, and that $25 gift exchange won her $175,000. Sweet. (laughs) Nice. Uh, she said she plans to use the money to help pay her daughter's student loans and the family's car payment. Sounds like awesome. She walked out at the the net net at the end of the day was one twenty four two fifty. Mm-hmm. So good for her, good for her. And I'll bet you that person that had it at the end, the last, the second to last person was just probably sick, right? Yeah. I would guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would be sick. Yeah. I would. Sure. Be, I would be. I would be sick. Um. So anyway, just, uh, just, just crazy. Um, another guy, um, who, uh, and maybe this is not another guy, but a guy who gambled and lost is the guy that, uh, caught Aaron judges 60 second home run ball. Remember we talked about this the other day that I ran into this auction and, um, wondered how much it would be. So the guy uh, from Texas, Corey Yeomans, he was, uh, initially offered $3 million. He declined that. Uh, another guy, the president of Memory Lane Auctions, J.P. Cohen, offered $2 million for it and then was uh, declined. Um, and he ended up selling it at the auction house for $1.5 million. Mm. You probably had to play, pay f- plenty of fees yeah. at the auction yeah. house too. Yeah. So. so I don't know what the net... I don't know what the net net was for him. Sometimes those fees are upped as part of that, you know, that bid so that the net comes back to 1.5, but still you're exactly right. I mean, he, for one thing, he shortchanged himself about half a million dollars by not taking the guy's offer for two. And then you could say one and a half for the guy that said, I'll mm-hmm. give you three. Now how, how legitimate a claim that was a bid or offer that was don't know, but man, that that's a, that's on him. Um, uh, Maybe for trying to be a little greedy by going to the auction house. I would also question the timing, too, this time of year. Well, you know, kind of a situation where it's kind of blown over and it's, I don't want to say it's not a big deal anymore, but. Kind of lost its magic. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. <clears throat> you kind of have to, you kind of have to hit those things when you, when you can. Um, because it's, uh, it's one of those deals where you kind of. While the griddle's hot, you got to put the eggs on, so to speak. Go ahead and go ahead and get your money. That's the lesson to learn there. So mm-hmm. if you ever catch one of those baseballs like that, and somebody offers you a ton of money, that would be the time to uh, to do it. Uh, Robert says this with regard to the uh, Cowboys game: the game was really lost before halftime when the Cowboys failed to go down and make it twenty-eight to seven. If Dallas does that, they would have squashed the Jags' morale at that point. That's, I mean, I I don't disagree with Robert there. I mean, but again, you're up 17 in the third mm-hmm. quarter. It's not like you, after that, the game completely turned around. Mm-hmm. You still were in control late sure. in the game. There, sure. There's probably a good number of plays just like the one Robert described or situations like Robert described where you could have said if that went differently, the Cowboys win that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, 
I mean, look at look at the Chiefs in Houston. What what Houston's done the last two weeks. I mean, they they took the Cowboys to the brink, and then they took the Chiefs to overtime uh, yesterday. And Chiefs were very fortunate to win that ball game. Um, you know, they they missed a field goal at the end of uh, regulation. It was a fifty. Uh, 52, I think is what it was, 47, 52 in that range. And Harrison Buckner, is, has, has, he's had some challenges this year. He'd missed an extra point earlier in the game, but the Chiefs atoned for that by getting a two-point conversion. But they get a, they knock the ball out. They were able to, to recover a fumble. Uh, they're right away uh, in Houston's possession of overtime. And then the next play, and run it in for a touchdown. So they were, they were fortunate to escape uh, Houston. And man, I'll tell you, those, that Texan team yesterday, the pressure they were putting on Mahomes, that's that's concerning um, in terms of the, the Chiefs' ability to protect him. Mahomes really got hit hard a few times. And then just the, the defense as leaky as it was. So, you know, there's teams at the top that are, are having are having problems putting, a team, putting teams away. And in the Texans' case, you know, they played a bunch of younger players, some of whom are, were fresh and maybe just hungry to win. Are hungry to play. Yeah, you better hope you can avoid the Texans in the playoffs if you're in the <laughs> AFC. Well, I guess my point my point is is that <laughs> I mean, they're beating up on the big big boys. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying though. I mean, it's like you know, everybody's got you know some challenges. No, no, there's no maybe perfect team. Um, well, I I mean, I think we kind of chuckled at the Cowboys performance last Sunday when mm-hmm. they sure. were neck and neck with the Absolutely. with the Texans and mm-hmm. well, at least from my, this side of the room I'm going to chuckle at the Chiefs performance cuz that that wasn't a good one. No, heck Chuck, no. And by chuckle I mean feel like eh, that wasn't very good. No, not at all. Yeah, no. I'm I'm not I'm probably not falling into the boat of giving the Texans credit. Well, I guess my only point in giving them credit was that, that that they played with effort. They seemed to they seemed to play with more effort than the Chiefs did, at times. I mean, that's, that's that was that, that. Yeah, that's a Chiefs problem. It is. It is yeah. a Chiefs. It is a Chiefs problem. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, yeah, when you um, kind of put yourself in that spot, I mean, the Chiefs had 502 yards of offense to the Texans 219, and it, they had to go to overtime. Yeah, it sounds like their offense huh? played well. The defense just yeah, did not. The defense didn't at yeah. times, right? Although, I mean, if they're how many yards of offense did they give up? What did you just say? Chiefs Chiefs had 502 to the Texans 219. 219. Defense did play well there. Just didn't make some key plays, I guess. I guess at times, right? Your morning dose of coffee and sports. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T97.3. Catch the show live weekdays from 6 to 9 on Double T97.3 FM or on the Double T97.3 mobile app. Um, I, I wish... That I had been watching just so that I could say that I was watching. Um, <laughs> but um, I would tell you that even if that game was on, I probably wouldn't have been, probably wouldn't have watching been watching unless it was the only one on. Then that's the uh, the Vegas Raiders and the uh, New England Patriots game. That was crazy. Crazy. Crazy ending. You know, when there's just a few seconds left to go in the ball game. Ramondi, uh, Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots. Oh, one of our favorite Oklahoma Sooners. He runs up the middle, um, and basically they're 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 running out the clock. They're going to see if there's anything there because there's three seconds left in the game. So it's like, okay, so if he runs up the middle and something happens, 
you know, penalty or whatever, or just breaks one. But he does break one. He breaks one for 23 yards. And then and then he decides to pitch the ball to Jacoby Myers as you start seeing that, you know, what inevitably always ends in a, um, you know, tackle and then they go to overtime and you throw the ball around a lot and nothing nothing really happens. Although in this case, uh, Jacoby Myers then decides to throw a pass back across the field. I guess he's throwing it to Mac Jones. He ends up completing the pass to Chandler Jones, who mm-hmm. used to play for the New England Patriots. Yeah, you never um you've you've heard the rules, right, Chuck, in the in the pitch and lateral drill. I mean you never throw it back across the field, right? Right. You've heard that rule. <laughs> you never throw it across your body either, right? Across the field. <laughs> Unless you're Patrick Mahomes. Right. Uh, um you know, this is prime you if you're down on that play, then you you take risks. You do everything possible. Sure, sure. If you're tied, you, take a knee and go you, to the man. You gotta you gotta play a whole lot more, a whole lot tighter than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't be slinging passes. I mean, that ball's in the air for oh yeah twenty yards, yeah. right? Yeah, it's just hung yeah, there. Yeah, it may not have been twenty yards backwards, but he's on the sideline to the middle of the field, and it's and it's a ways back, so at least twenty yards. Yeah. And I mean, just so incredibly low bas- er, basketball, low football IQ to make that throw. Yeah, it's like, what are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, what, just what really you, dumb. What do you, what are you thinking? And Chandler Jones then, you know, hits a guy in the face mask and stiff arms him, and then nice. <laughs> it was, and then goes down the field forty eight yards, and the uh, the Raiders the Raiders I, win. Yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing Mac Jones uh, fill in at DB anytime Mm-mm. soon. You know, and so for all the, you know, the, the, the Raiders have been in a, a number of these kind of things. You know, you've got the the tuck rule, you've got the immaculate reception, then you've got um, sea of hands, holy roller, which involved, you know, Dave uh, Dave Casper and you know Ken Stabler, and then uh, the Heidi game where they scored, you know, in the waning moments of a game twice, uh, and NBC had cut away for Heidi about this time of year. All these things happen about this time of year. In fact, uh, the Immaculate Reception, I mean, if you watched any football yesterday, then you know the 50th anniversary is on Friday. And they're going to, the Steelers and the Raiders are going to play on Christmas Eve. Um, and they'll, they'll, they'll have a whole deal. So when somebody says, have you ever seen anything like, an ending like that? I can say, yeah, I can say I've seen an ending like that because I was watching that Steeler-Raider game. It was a playoff game. Yeah, so like if you said as crazy as that, yes, right. You you've seen stuff like that, but uh, but I've never seen a guy make as well. Unfortunately, I have. It's <laughs> gonna <laughs> say I've never seen a guy make a dumber pitch late in the game, but there was the Tech Kansas game a couple years ago. Yeah, that resulted in a fumble and a field goal and losing a game that you. Should not have lost, but yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, somebody on the on the Eighth Flooring Center chat line they played this earlier this morning. Uh, the Pat's uh, radio call said this is the dumbest team I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh god, it's just just uh, just crazy. How about this? 
how about this for a, just a couple of little conversation starters for uh, your coffee pot uh, discussion this morning or any kind of Christmas parties you still have to go to. It was the, according to ESPN, the second go-ahead defensive touchdown on the final play of regulation in NFL history. The other one came in 1960 by the Patriots in week two against the New York Titans, who would later change their name to the New York Jets. Um, For the Raiders, they became the first team to score two touchdowns in the final 40 seconds of regulation with the second score giving them the lead since week two of the 2015 season when the Broncos beat the Chiefs. With regard to the Heidi game, which was in 1968, the Raiders scored two touchdowns in the final minute to beat the New York Jets. And NBC had cut away from that game because they thought the game was over so that they could show the movie Heidi. And uh, the NBC switchboard lit up like Christmas. It was about this time of year uh, when the Heidi game uh, took place in 1968. You know, we always talk about the Heidi game. You ever watched it? Heidi. Not the game. The Heidi. Uh, uh, Maybe... Maybe. I think I've seen the opening like 30 seconds yeah. because I've watched the replay of the cutaway mm-hmm. of what that looked like. Right. But never actually watched Heidi. Yeah. Are the hills alive there too? The hills. The hills. The there are hills music? there. There are hills there. Are, are the hills alive with the yeah. sound of music there? They, yeah. Did they get out of uh, Switzerland okay? Or out of Germany into Switzerland okay? I didn't finish last night. <laughs> you didn't. You went to bed. <laughs> you went to bed. That's a long movie. <laughs> like, it can is, you imagine? Like, it is, especially with the. Uh, I don't think they're in commercials. Switzerland. <laughs> in Austria. Austria. Okay. Yeah. Austria, yeah. Switzerland. It's kind of yeah. same difference. The mountains, snow, you know, got a bunch of hills there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess my point. Green long. Bay, cold December. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess my point is like, if it had been breaking in for It's a Wonderful Life, <clears throat> now we would look at that and go. It's stupid, but at least they broke in for an all-time classic. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who's seen Heidi. Well, I think Heidi at that point in time was a was a classic. Or it was a it was a hit. It might have been a hit. Yeah, but it's not. It well, be, if you did it for a Wonderful Life, I'd be like, we've seen this every year. Right, right, right. Yeah, why why do we have to watch it again? Yeah, kind of like Christmas Story. Seven twenty-two this morning here on the morning drive. So they got to come up with a. They got to come up with a name for this thing. Um, then somebody will. Somebody will come up with a, a catchy name, like the Immaculate Reception or something like that. Because I think the Immaculate Reception was something that came up after the fact. It wasn't. It did not come up right away mm-hmm. uh, that day by the uh, Steeler announcer or by. I think the Pat Radio guy said it well. I mean, why not just call it the dumbest play you've ever seen? <laughs> He said it was the dumbest team he's ever seen. Just turn and throw mm-hmm. it in the wrong direction. Well, you can't throw it forward, but just throw it towards your goal line. Yeah. And uh, and still, you're a long way from the goal line, but up in the air so anybody can go have at it. Sure. I mean, is the equivalent of saving the ball underneath uh, your opponent's basket. And how, how about the uh, how about the cowboy ending? I mean, just so bizarre. I mean, that ball goes right off at Noah brown's hand into the hands of the should never have gotten that far just bad luck yeah i i agree with you it should never have gotten that far but i mean the ball was i guess slightly slightly but it was a catchable ball he should have caught that ball well Dak 
If you heard him, he was very clear to say, I threw it low on purpose. <laughs> very interesting, which I believe he did. Mm-hmm. But he also very much throws his wide receiver under the bus by saying that. Yeah, by saying something like that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You're tuned in to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, recapping the night that was in the world of sports. That's not to say that they don't respect the run game that you have, but you're talking about one quarterback leading the, the conference in passing so far this year. And remember, he didn't start the first game. Right. still play a lot, though. And also bringing some humor to your day. I, I just don't want to disappoint you. I just, <laughs> as much as I disappoint you, I don't want to disappoint you in some things that you expect from me. Hear the show live weekday mornings at 6 on Double T 97.3 or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. All right, what you got for me, Jeff, and our fine listening audience, Mr. Lynn? All right, my question for you today kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. What was the most surprising outcome of the weekend, sports-wise? The most surprising outcome of the weekend. I think there's some good candidates here. Okay, so obviously you have the Raiders and the Patriots. That's that's one. Um, you have the 33-point comeback by uh, the Vikings over the Indianapolis Colts. That's one. Um, you have the 50-point win for Texas Tech over Jackson State. I think that's surprising to everybody but me. So I'm not going to tell you that's most my most, most surprising outcome. <laughs> Full tongue-in-cheek there, okay? Full tongue-in-cheek. Uh, the way that the Cowboys lost, maybe that's so, not so surprising. Jeff, do you have a, one that stands out to you? I, I got one each way. The, the Tech win by 50? Mm-hmm. I thought you were nuts. Like, them winning by 20 wouldn't have necessarily surprised me. Mm-hmm. When you said 45 on Friday, I thought you were, we were going to have to check your drink. Cert- certifiable. And they, and they exceeded that. <laughs> exceeded that. So the, that's the positive one. Mm-hmm. But it's also a team you should have beaten. Sure. But the negative for me and the one that I'm, is just stuck in my craw is how the Cowboys lost that game yesterday. Like, I can't even put words together for how frustrated I am with the Cowboys for how they lost that game. It's just one game. I mean, everybody has a stinker every once in a while. Sure. Uh, how about? And in my head, I know that. <laughs> I get it. And it's the NFL and anybody can win. Sure. But it's how you did it. And there's, there's no explanation for it. How about this? The Cincinnati Bengals beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 34 to 23. At one point in that game, the Bucks had a 17 to nothing lead. In Tom Brady's career, when he's had a 17 point lead on teams going into that game, 89 and 0. So that's a surprising setback for them, but when you cough up the ball like four straight times, it leads to things like 34 to 23 setbacks. So my answer is going to be the Colts and the Vikings. I mean, any NFL team down 33 to nothing mm-hmm. at the half, right? I'm 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 just not expecting that team yeah, to lose. Right. Um. I I mean, obviously the way the the Pats and the Raiders finished was crazy. Um. But um. I, I any team down 33 nothing at halftime to come back and win. I don't care if. One's really bad and one's really good. That mm-hmm. seems like 
impossible, darn near impossible. So that to me was the most surprising outcome of the weekend. I got one we haven't mentioned as well that I would put third in this list, but still I think it's worthy to be mentioned. How about the Texans taking Kansas City to overtime? Yeah, no, no question. No, the outcome was the Chiefs beat the Texans. Yeah. That's not surprising. The outcome wasn't surprising. How we got there was. But the question was, what was the was most the surprising outcome? Sure. outcome? I, I think for me, I'm, I'm with Jamie. The Because uh, I just completely dismissed that game. I was watching part of that game. I came down here to do some work in my office. I was listening to Tech and Jackson State. I got just just had the had the radio on just listening to to hacks and and um and the game and when i got home and i turned on the tv and learned that indianapolis had coughed up that late i was i was shocked so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say the vikings and the colts as well i'm I'm gonna agree with you okay uh this from the eighth flooring center chat line jeff is right it's not that they lost that happens how they lost uh, Bullfighter says clock management for the Cowboy game was absolutely terrible. It was. Can't disagree with either one yeah. of those texts. Uh, Sonia says this. Good morning, gentlemen. I lost my voice yesterday during the Kansas City game. Still recovering. Okay. We get this. Just tuned in. How many times has Chuck brought up the winning by 45 already? Did he text you all immediately on Saturday? No, I did not. He did not text us on Saturday. Mm-mm. I almost texted him on Saturday. I was close. Be I did, like, wow. I did get a couple of texts on Saturday. <laughs> I got a couple. I didn't I didn't send out any any communiques. Unfortunately, I was involved in those texts too. Yeah, but it wasn't initiated by me. It was initiated by <laughs> our colleague and former our former colleague and still our friend David Collier. Mm-hmm. Right. Still our former friend? Yes. No. Still he's still our <laughs> former friend. <laughs> One hundred percent. Still our former friend. <laughs> so it was, so that um, that surprised. I'll, I'll tell you the the um, the other the other game on Saturday, the Saturday night game. I mean it it was exciting. The Bills and the uh, Dolphins maybe a little bit more exciting than you wanted it to be, uh, with the Bills winning thirty two to twenty nine. Bills moved their record to uh, eleven and three uh, on the season. That was that kind of went down to the nitty gritty. I mean, the Dolphins took a, a lead of twenty nine to twenty one, and then in the fourth quarter, and then the, the Bills come back and get a couple of touchdowns, and, and well, get a touchdown, and then get the field goal by Tyler Bass with no time remaining uh, to get the win. Yeah, it was a good game. Two two good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Miami had an eight point lead the fourth quarter. They they you know Buffalo. Played well in the first half and then uh, shot themselves in the foot over and over again in the third and did nothing there and found themselves down by about down by eight but uh, made some plays late and uh, you know got a W. Josh Allen just just an absolute beast. Ten carries, seventy seven yards, and I mean, and so, a couple of those were like right up the middle where he is like taking a pounding and just gets right up off the deck. Yeah, he's a big guy. I, I know. Big physical I, guy. I, I know. I know he is. But I mean, still though. I mean, to to execute like he did, and he was twenty five of forty, um, three hundred and four yards, had four touchdowns. So a uh, really big day for him. Uh, and they sp- spread the ball out uh, all amongst the uh, the receivers there. 
Uh, this So by your logic, JL, the outcome that the Vikings beat the Colts is not surprising is how they got there. No, he's he makes a great point because I said to Jeff about the Texans and the Chiefs, I expected the Chiefs to win that game. Mm-hmm. Well, I would have expected the Vikings to beat the Colts too. Sure. So um, that texter has a really good point there. He, I, I do not have any kind of an argument <laughs> against it. <laughs> so I guess seeing any team down thirty-three to zero at halftime, uh, you think they're going to lose the game. But he's right. I would have picked the the Vikings to win that game over the Colts. Well, credit the Vikings for you know figuring out a way to win and uh, Man, not I'm, just not yeah. mailing it in. Yeah, it's hard to give them all the credit, though. you got to put so much blame on the Colts, too, though. I understand. Getting your sports day started the right way. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, breaking down the biggest games. If Texas Tech does not win the Big 12 Football Conference, who are you rooting for to win the conference if Tech does not win it this year? Well, busting some chops along the way. I hold back on sending you stuff. I mean, I'm very, very, very judicious. We spend three hours a day, five right? days a week together. Why yeah. Why would yeah. we need to communicate during the weekends? <laughs> right. Save we it for the show. We, know. we, say, we do. We save it for the show. The- Tune into the Morning Drive live weekdays from 6 to 9 on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. Thank you for being with us with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Take your thoughts and comments today on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double97.3.com for that or the mobile app. Benchmark Hotline is open as well as we come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio. Uh, I'm knocking on wood when I say this, and I think you guys will immediately go, don't say that, but it sure has seemed to be somewhat quiet, and maybe given everything that took place last week, it would have been hard to make any noise uh, beyond what your basketball program was going through and what Texas was going through and other things that uh, transpired last week. But it sure seems like the Texas Tech football program has been awful quiet over the last (laughs) week or so. (laughs) Nothing to see here. (laughs) Just seems like it's been, seems like it's been quiet. So hopefully... Hopefully that will remain the same. I mean, you'll have uh, National Signing Day on uh, on Wednesday, at least the early signing period. When do you think? When do you think they get rid of the second one? And do you, do you think that's coming the first Wednesday in in uh, February? No, no, no. They I don't just think would continue to be diminished. Yeah, I mean, it's all good. I mean, if if guys haven't decided by then, mm-hmm. then yeah, I, I I think that they'll continue to have that second one. I, I don't I, think it'll go away. I, I, I like that this um, early December signing period is out there for kids that want to have made their decision, have made their decision for months. Some of them will go ahead and enroll early and get a start on their, you know, college football career. I used to be really bothered by that. I'm I'm less bothered by that today than maybe I was five years ago. It seems like that's. Um, kind of a the way it is right now for your for your top uh, recruits and for some of these kids to get uh get a jump start on college get the good jump start on the college experience of you know getting ready to um you know from from a schoolwork from a living away from home from a you know getting uh extra strength going through spring practice uh, it, it seems like there's way more advantage than 
you know, yet on on the other hand, if you're if you're playing baseball or you're playing basketball for your high school team, you're you're giving up, you know, a semester of your high school experience. But maybe for some of these guys, it's like, hey, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to move on. I'm ready for the next step. I'm ready to go ahead and and go ahead and go to college and uh, take advantage of everything that's there for me. Yeah, it's one of those situations where uh, I mean, I I think you or I might say uh, we'd want our kid to enjoy high school and all the above and his final semester of his senior year and all mm-hmm. that. But if we had a high level kid that we thought had a chance to go and um, he was going to get a leg up, yeah, you know, we probably would think differently. Sure. About that. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that's one of those to each their own kind of deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. would, I would, I would, I would agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I get your point. Like, oh, hey, you know, have some fun, be with your with your class and all that. But I mean, if a kid's like, hey, man, I want to, I want to go through spring drills or mm-hmm. whatever, and that's gonna, even if I do redshirt the next year, it's, I mean, it's, I can get on with my college career and sure i mean man why not and i don't know if you saw this or not but speaking about you know being able to redshirt you know you can play in four games in the regular season but now because i guess part of this is guys in the portal or guys decide not to play because of their nfl career getting ready to start or wanting to start their nfl career speaking of starting early if you've played four games you can play in the bowl game this year so in other words, if you played four games during the regular year and didn't play a fifth game because you didn't want to burn a year of eligibility, okay? The bowl game doesn't count? The bowl game now does not count. That's correct. <laughs> that's, 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 the, that's the new, that's the latest ruling from, <laughs> from the NCAA. Let's just give everybody unlimited eligibility. Let's just go there. Because then we won't have to deal with this ever again. Well, just know, you're always eligible. I mean, that's part of, part of what this, again, the part of the function of this is the, the way that these rosters have now kind of come down because of defections. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. because everybody's entering the portal, or because right. guys aren't going to play in their bowl game, they're going to get ready for the next level, mm-hmm. and so you need bodies. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the reasoning. It's so it's not yeah. really about it's not really about oh we need to you know we're gonna let that kid play and he's not gonna use eligibility. Mm-hmm. It's about hey some teams need these guys need these guys to be able to play. Right. Then maybe they, they shouldn't the have bowl game. played three games earlier in the season. Yeah. the The article that I read uh, from Athlon Sports says yeah. that college football rosters have become strapped during bowl season yeah. because of players entering portals. It's not about injuries. Reward. Yeah. Or uh, because of a grueling season, some opt to set out the bowl games if they're entering the NFL draft. So, so I think that you should be able to play in the NCAA basketball postseason and uh, that not count because it's just the postseason, like football game, right? <laughs> yeah. Like a bowl game, just the postseason. <laughs> well, I mean, well, bas- basketball doesn't have that situation where you have yeah, you can play six games and still be. Yeah, but I think there is some sense to that, right? I think if a guy plays two or three games and gets hurt and, or they decide not to play him the rest of the way, I think you can still get that as a red shirt. The waiver? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you can. Sure, sure. I think. I, I might be wrong on no, that. I don't know a, if it's a number of minutes or a number of games or what the It just seems there. like there's uh, less of a reason for a waiver in college basketball than there is in college football because 
let's face it, the, the guys that are the top of the roster rarely stay with your team four years or rarely stay in college four years. That's what mm-hmm. it seems like. Yeah. So it seems... Yeah. Seems uh it seems a bit oh, this uh, is fun. <laughs> yeah. This is just so much fun. <laughs> I figured that you would uh that you would really uh really enjoy that um aspect of things. So <laughs> eight oh eight this morning here on the morning drive. Uh meanwhile, one of the other things that I wanted to talk to you about and just kinda list out a number of um athletes for Texas Tech uh this past weekend graduated. Um some still have uh, eligibility left and and um, others do not but a uh, number of football players uh, graduated I've got the list for you I'll give I'll give you some of those uh, when we return here this morning on the morning drive also there's uh, comments on the Yates flooring Center chat line about that uh, there's football practice that will uh, continue uh, today as they get ready for the bowl game a week from Wednesday oh by the way is when that's going to be uh, Texas Tech in the Houston Bowl. We'll have coverage for you all day long next week here on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 as part of Optimum Game Day Live presented by United Supermarkets from the Texas Bowl in Houston. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973.com.